Warning, Serious Business is a podcast about Homestuck, featuring Nick Cage. Hello, and welcome to Serious Business, uh, the podcast I'm working on to distract me from my impending Ted Lasso obsession. My name is Sam, my pronouns are he, him, and uh, the Nick Cage film I would reference after the end of the world is obviously Left Behind uh, from 2014. Uh, hello, my name is Samariel, my pronouns are they, them, and... Not even the end of the world is going to keep me from talking about The Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's a dumb bad movie, and I love it so much. I'm Bastion. My pronouns are he and they. And the Nick Cage movie that I would reference after the end of the world, the basic being that I am, is, of course, National Treasure. You're, you're a, a national, national treasure, treasure Bastion. Hey! Ah, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Same hat, same hat. Yeah, we both love you, Bastion. Eat shit. Aw, <laughs> shucks, y'all. Homestuck. We're talking about Homestuck. Homestuck. We read pages fifteen oh nine through sixteen twenty two. Sorry for stealing your job, Sam. It's fine. Continue. What happens in those pages, Bastion? Um, we have some conversations with trolls. We get a whole lot of courtly intrigue among the exiles, and uh. Jade and Dave, uh, cheat at sperm. I got a lot of first impressions because we met like a bunch of new characters in this section and it was like, oh, yeah. okay, hello, you're here. Oh, okay, you are also here. Ah, interesting, interesting. Nice to see you. Nice to see your face because uh, we get to see the faces of uh, a number of these trolls that have been chatting with us for a while. Learn a couple more things about them. One of them's blind. That was a surprise. Um... Uh, we also, uh, meet the fourth exile. I'm assuming we're only getting four because numbers in this game seem to be fairly mm. consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's pretty cool. I, I had worried that we were going to get one kind of storyline and then we got a different kind of storyline that was actually good. And so I was like, okay, hell yeah, hell yeah, this section rocks. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, oh, this, oh. Is a, this is a good section. Yeah, we get some like weird shit in here. Yeah, so we start off picking up where we left off. Dave and Jade are setting up for Dave to enter the medium. Dave, well, Jade, I guess, actually has a lot of complex stuff to play with because as more players join the chain, they get more equipment that costs a whole lot more, including, like, the IntelliBeam laser station. wonder what that does. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, we have a good, uh, good little funny thing here at the beginning where Dave's like, "What do I do with these sperb envelopes that I have now and don't need?" And we know that Jade will end up with them probably. And uh, Jade's like, "Do whatever you feel compelled to do with them." And Dave's like, "That's a normal thing to say." <laughs> right. It's one of those like, "Do what just feels right." And it's like, "Okay, you clearly have a specific idea of what you want me to do with this." <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to see how fucking fates or whatever make this line up perfectly yep one of the things that they have access to is a disc that dave puts on his computer and allows him to install grist torrent uh, which is an application allowing spurb players within the same session to share grist uh, it is a reference to torrenting, which is a form of file sharing. It's hard to explain. Instead of like a one-to-one -one upload download connection, a lot of users can upload the same file and then one user can download that file from a whole bunch of different users. Mm. Um, commonly, it's used as a way to share copyrighted files as a form of piracy. It can also 
totally be used legally uh, as a way to reduce strain on a computer server. And the phrasing of grist torrent is likely a, a play on BitTorrent, which is the torrent protocol. Hell yeah. Oh, also they unlock a, uh, what is this? What's it called? The jumper block extension to the alchemeter. Yes, and the pin shunts, which allow them to upgrade the alchemeter with other types of the equipment around here. Any any punched card. Where's the pogo ride for the alchemeter? Yeah. Come on, Dave. Now we're talking. Hell yeah. I know. Why do these characters not think of it? <laughs> so once we get through that, Rose and John have a quick conversation, which uh, is, uh, I think, Rose's first conversation with the other kids in, while she's in the medium, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, I think she talked with Dave before oh yes we've seen this bit from john to rose before and now it looks like uh rose is finally responding to it yes mm -hmm. yeah so it's mostly rose being like yes i have a planet it's not your planet probably um then rose has a conversation with gallows calibrator um before we get to that though oh, yeah uh, go ahead I do. This is a quick note from Hussey I just noticed, which is, seems pretty cool about medium and storytelling. So Rose is actually commanded to talk to John by the uh, by her exile, which we will later find out in this section is the uh, White Queen. But Hussey says here that uh, as the suggestion box for reader commands is about to shut down, he remembers that the exile takes control of the commands conceit being a very uh, valuable tool to take away the narrative power from that suggestion box and direct the story in a more constructive way which is pretty interesting and not something i thought about before um so then rose has a conversation with gallows calibrator Woo! Woo! the best troll truly i'm certainly a little biased because i am also a libra hell yeah so we we see gallows calibrator's little uh chat symbol is the Libra symbol, the scales, um, and start getting some exposition about the game itself. Still, still in the context of trolling, um, but it's it's a very lore heavy uh, troll. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of lore and, in this one. Yeah. So, so what did? you see as the main takeaways uh sam as someone new to the lore yeah um i mean i suppose the the main thing that this like kind of conversation is like giving more of the shenanigan timey-wiminess of like oh listen actually the way i'm perceiving time this is how things are going and rose being like all right interesting um as well as um like i said we we get like the game lore where like Gallus Calibrator tells stuff about like, oh yeah, the person talking to you, that's your exile. And be like, mm -hmm. oh, say exiled from what? And like explaining like, oh yeah, these are the guys who are gonna like help repair the world after it's all over. And it's like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, and because between everything that we've kind of seen so far, it's very clear that the trolls have pl either have played the game before slash are playing the game, question mark. Um, they, they know how the game works and they know how it's gonna, how the different like parts 
are gonna end more or less and so they're like oh yeah this is this is what's happening this is what the exiles are for this is what they do and talking more about how yeah listen everything's fucking timey-wimey as shit i don't want to explain more lore to you so i'm gonna go now yeah I, th- I think we we can conclude that the trolls have played the game because GC talks specifically about her experience hearing an exile's voice in her head. Mm. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't, I wasn't sure if like their game is still sort of ongoing because they've got some weird time shit or what going on right now. Um, but they clearly have experience with the game is, is sort of the main takeaway here as well as like some shenanigans are going to happen with Earth. And we're probably going to see, hopefully, the Exiles, like, rebuild shit. And that'd be kind of cool, because it was sad to see our planet get destroyed in fire. Mm-hmm. Also in this conversation, we have our first mentions of Paradox Space and uh, something about the Reckoning, uh, which seems rather important. So there, there's an interesting note for this conversation in the Wertman analysis, which talks about this setting up Gallows Calibrator as a narrative foil for Rose, mm-hmm. sort of throughout this section, but especially in this conversation, um, as two characters who are very interested in understanding like the workings of the game. Like we've seen Rose's um, game facts walk through and like there's a real interest in understanding the game, but where Rose is sort of um, refined and prosaic, um, Gallows Calibrator is very unrefined, very to the point. Um, mm-hmm. Simplistic. Unconcerned with like prose and more concerned with how can I communicate this message as brutally as possible to you? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing in this like conversation is uh, I believe it's this conversation um where uh like we list off some of the like roles um the the titles. Yeah, the titles that are there. It's like Seer of Mind, Page of Breath, Knight of Blood, Maid of Time. And obviously because we know there are more of the trolls, there are going to be more titles, but we can see like this is almost like those um like YA novel series generator games where it's like, mm. ah, blank of blank, this thing of this, like these, this isn't as much of the like, ah, oh, twas grand foretold that one day these four would step forth. It's like, no, these are like procedurally generated. that have been like pre, procedurally like ge- yeah. These are Hogwarts houses and not Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. It reminds me of, I've read a thing about, like, Skyrim NPCs. Like, a lot of them are just randomly generated. Like, the not the ones that you, like, have to talk to, but, like, a lot of them are just randomly generated. Like, here's a list of parts, put them together. And so, yeah, that's... Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we will get into that. And, and definitely, I would say that titles were definitely a way that, uh, in the fandom, people would, would assign to themselves mm-hmm. um, from the uh 144 different possible combinations that we do eventually get when we get 12 and 12 but we do get two more aspects here in mind and blood and we get two more classes here as well in page and maid Mm -hmm. Uh, we should also mention uh gallows calibrator uses elite speak as how she talks she's a hashtag Uh, with no punctuation 
Yeah, she's all caps in leet speak and no punctuation, and she uses teal text. And um, which which alpha numeric replacement specifically does she use? She replaces A with four. She replaces I with one, and she replaces E with three, forming a four thirteen. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, yeah. Well, no, I didn't pull that out specifically. <laughs> I was just like, ah, lead speak. I know this. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty easy to read compared yeah. to some of the other ones we'll get to. Uh, fun. This is the first one you might have trouble with, actually, though. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty straight one-to-one replacement, though, um, which will not continue to be the case always. From this lovely conversation with the best troll, we go back to a flashback uh, a conversation between John and Jade that we have read before um, in the middle of which Jade says, uh, hold on, I have to go tell someone to go away. Uh, and we actually get to read the conversation here between Carcino Geneticist and Jade that we didn't get to before. Um, this conversation is a little bit different from the ones we've seen with this character before. Uh, he's still speaking in gray text, all caps, um, still kind of angry, but he is he seems to have mellowed a little bit by this point from when he's talking, um, which if he is trolling his way backwards along the timeline, this point farthest in the past for Jade would uh, be the most far in the future for us. Right. But he, so he basically says, Hey, Hey, please don't block me. I have a message for you from your future self. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. It's, it's a really weird convoluted thing. Um, but he gives this message to Jade from her future self uh, because in Jade's future, the trolls need to talk to her. Uh, and they asked her future self what they could say to her to get her to trust them. Uh, and the message for Jade from Jade is when your robot explodes, you won't know what to do. And the thing to do will be to talk to the trolls. Love that. Very love that. interesting. Love this is like and this is, you know, this is the style of foreshadowing you get in Homestuck. I love it. It's just a thing's going to happen and later on you'll find out why. So everyone put that on your red string calendars love at it. some point Jade's robot. Calendars? Someone knows a thing is going to happen. Later on it will happen and later later on you will find out why. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Actually I think with this one we find out why as it happens. Another another interesting thing uh, in this conversation is that we know about how long in Christina Geneticist past the future trolling uh, is and it's about half an hour um, so <laughs> moods, moods change pretty quick it seems he's a cancer and on that topic we get a face reveal for Carcino Geneticist kind of Woo. mad at himself it looks like hunched over a computer in a grey nondescript area uh, and Sam you've done a little compiling on some zodiac science for us you want to talk to us about cancer so i have lovely little document called astrology with ari welcome to my corner (laughs) so cancer from june 21 to july 22 they are a water sign their polarity is negative and their quality is cardinal what that means we'll get into it um so I, uh, I'm pulling a lot of this from horoscope.com. Uh, so uh, if, I, if you're, I don't know, like a Wicca out there and you're like, hey, actually, listen, I'm not 
a science man, and this isn't science. So, cancer, emotional, intuitive, and practically psychic, ruled by the moon and characterized by the crab. Cancer has so much going on in its watery depths. Cancer signs may seem prickly and standoffish at first meeting. Once they make the decision to become friends with someone, however, that person has a friend for life. Uh, so I, I read through, Aww. yeah, right? I read through this whole thing, and um, I, I just uh, compiled a couple of, like, big points, as well as um, whoever wrote this is my favorite person. Um, so I first off, I found it particularly, something about uh, this being in regards to Homestuck, uh, the starting sentence of most cancer signs have been called psychic at some point. I don't know if that's going to help or mean anything, but it's just like, oh, hey, nice. Um, basically, what that means is cancers are said to have good intuition about people. They don't care for, like, bullshit. They, like, they don't like small talk. Um, they're, they're good at, like, knowing what people are about because they're very, like, emotionally in tuned. Um, they, yeah, they don't care for bullshit. Um, and then the sentence... To say that is the crab is above mind games and hates the thrill of the chase. <laughs> I just love that sentence. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so <laughs> this sign is said to have an active uh, in internal life and is often happy living in the realm of imagination. The thing about their polarity being negative, it means they have a lot of internal energy uh, towards uh, themselves. Um, they're very thoughtful. Um, they are known as, like, the emotional anchor of the Zodiac. But yeah, uh, incredibly loyal, very passionate, creative, and resilient. Um, they're, like, four big traits are being intuitive, emotional, intelligent, and passionate. Although, with all of the fucking star signs I read about today, it feels like this website, whenever it's not quite sure how to compliment you, it'll say passionate. Because I feel like I've read the <laughs> word passionate a gajillion times. But maybe that's just the signs that we're dealing with. Um, and then the other, like, note that they made that I found particularly funny in regards to Homestuck was that cancers are incredibly in tune with the Earth's rhythm. Uh, they, like, it was really making a hard line between cancers and the planet Earth. Like, they're, like, they love nature and they, like, find peace in, like, the beauty of the Earth and all this stuff. And I was like, ah, well, interesting, because he's an alien. But also, but yeah. So that's cancers. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I don't know if this is the right place in the podcast for it, but now that we have three of the signs uncovered. Four of them. Four? Taros, Virgo, Cancer, and Libra. Oh, we get Virgo? Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, Virgo is uh, Grimog Zillatrix. Yes. Um, do we want to have Sam try and guess the remaining ones based on the screen names that we've seen. Oh. Oh, no. Uh, you're going to um, need to give me a list of those screen let's names that. then. Let's do it at the end. All right. All right. Jade gets a familiar green box sent to her from someone referred to as her pen pal. It was efficated to some degree. From somewhere. Who's this pen from pal? Pen pal. Don't know. Who could it put be? It on, put it on your red string. Yep. Got that pushpin. Um, also, in the past, Gallows Calibrator says some some weird stuff to John. It's a 
It's a weird conversation. It's a very weird uh, conversation, especially in juxtaposition to the conversation we had with Rose. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a lot of them laughing at each other. And then she says, John, why would you laugh at a blind girl? You have no idea how much you disgust me. You're a total disgrace to the field of ectobiology. If we ever meet, I'm going to cut your throat and listen to you bleed while I smell you die. Mood. Um, As a fellow Libra, can relate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's... That's where John gets the idea to change his chum handle to ectobiologist. Some holistic shit, baby. And then we uh, then we get the face reveal for Gallo's calibrator. She's wearing some cool red shades. She got some sharp teethas. She got some sharp teeth. She's got Little horns that are horns. essentially candy corn. Pretty much, yeah. Sam, you got a Libra drop here? I do indeed. Welcome back to Astrology with Ari. Libra, September 23, October 22. The best sign, some would say, some being me. Uh, Libras are, uh, their element is air. They're an air sign. Their polarity is positive, and their quality is cardinal. It's weird, but it's fun. Um, so here's what uh, we have to say about Libras. Intelligent, kind, and always willing to put others before themselves, Libras value harmony in all forms. Ruled by Venus, the planet of beauty, Libra adores a life that looks good. As the master of compromise and diplomacy, Libra is adept at seeing all points of view and excels at crafting compromises and effecting mediation between others. This sign has a rich inner life, yet loves other people, and they're always happiest with a large group of friends, family, and coworkers on whom they can count. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty, like... The, as someone who is a Libra and uh, has seen a lot of Libra horoscopes, they all tend to be, you just want everybody to get along. You just want to keep the peace. And it's like, no, what if I want to go nuts and stab a bitch? Um, yeah, so Libras, our sort of big point is uh, Libras are creative daydreamers who are, uh, th the thing they kept saying was uh, Libras are attracted to, attracted to intelligence. Uh, they didn't really explain that super much, but they were just like, yeah, you like people who, like, know things. And I'm like, okay, I mean, who doesn't? But sure. Libras are assigned sapiosexual at birth. Just wait till we get to Taurus so we can talk about what people get assigned at birth. Um, but yeah, also, uh, somebody miswrote Libra, and so it actually said librarians. <laughs> I was like, ah, hell yeah. It's me. Apt, apt. Um, Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So Libras make people comfortable. We have a good eye for detail. We're good communicators. We're not afraid of trying new things. Uh, but we are also comfortable with uh, being left alone to our creative ideas. We're just cool ass bitches and we're better than all of you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Damn. So true. So true. I do feel like there's also uh, an association with Libra into uh the scales of justice yes this so the, yeah the symbol is the scales of justice because libras are the mediators we like to keep the peace we make sure everything's balanced okay. lovely which is I like i just wanted to make sure we yeah. hit on that yeah. which is uh, an interesting juxtaposition to uh gallows calibration because i mean yes the the scales of it's justice it's a little dark it's uh, i'm not it's, against it there's, there's it's the great. connection is there it, it's drawn uh, mm -hmm. but it's recontextualized maybe absolutely yeah so moving on 
uh, we move into some of our uh, exile drama for this section with the um, parcel mistress wandering around the dark kingdom. Really just the social anxiety queen uh, too afraid to Mm -hmm. talk to anybody to get directions. Um, We get a very important cameo from Diamond's Droog here wearing cat ears, uh, original Catboy King. Catboy King. Love that. Love that for him. Uh, And uh, eventually... Speaking uh, of royalty. PM wanders into the throne room and has a a casual conversation with the Black Queen who looks a little funky. A little bit, a little bit. Perhaps a little familiar as well. Indeed, yeah. The One of her arms is missing, and she's got a little slit over her eye. Her hat's broken, and she got tentacles. She is wearing the uh, orb, or the ring with four orbs that we have previously seen bossing Jack around Indeed. in his windows. Um, and uh, the Black Queen tells PM, uh, you need to go talk to Jack about uh, this parking paperwork is the that's definitely the reason you're here um interesting to note on the queen too is that while most of the other hats appear to be clothing the black queen's cat hat appears to be the same material at least as the carapace and uh it the the jester hat has kind of melded with her crown in a cool way yeah (laughs) then we get some fancy text over rose watching john's house um that says rose i must leave now this will be the last you will hear from me uh find your sprite realize your purpose so rose gets a moment of growing up here and and it is sort of sort of a moment where rose is put under her own control um in a new way um and she you know by by sipping alcohol yeah just to specify rose takes a sip of her mom's martini and doesn't like it and we get a lovely rendering of sam drinking alcohol hey there is alcohol i enjoy drinking Mm -hmm. still doesn't make up for the number of years where you were like why would you drink alcohol it's gross why would you drink alcohol it's gross the majority of alcohol is gross thank you why, why would anyone drink beer? Oh, I don't know why anyone drinks beer. I drink ciders and stuff. But like I when you ciders. see I'm clearly enjoying a beverage and Sam comes up to you and says, why would you drink alcohol? It's gross. It's like, well, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Next, we see the windswept quest. And I wonder who that could be. I wonder what the initials what could possibly of, stand for. WQ. I will say I didn't put this together right away. Uh, and having her show up, I was a little worried that we were going to get a, like, because she's, she's kind of hot. Like, her sprite is made to look like a woman, distinctly. Her, her sprite looks distinctly somewhat similar to Snowman, in fact, without the cool dress and big hat. Yes. And I was like, oh, cool. So now the exiles are going to be in love with her, 
And then Peregrine Mendicant's gonna get mad because now she's jealous and women fight women. <laughs> and then we didn't get that, and I was very happy. Yeah. I do not think it is an accident. Like, we will find out shortly that this is, in fact, the White Queen. But I Maybe. do not think it is an accident to go from the introduction of the Black Queen immediately to the Windswept oh, no. question. For sure not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking back. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I yeah. just didn't immediately be like, ah, look! A queen. Yeah. Yeah. Within this section, all of the exile pieces flow very nicely together. Oh, yeah. From Super. the introduction of the Black Queen to meeting the Black Queen to what we're about to get to through the rest of the, the pieces. It's just very nice. I That's part of why I chose to end this bit where we end it. So then uh, we briefly see PM inside the exile station still commanding John. Uh, and then Egg Foley, uh, and then we flash back to uh, PM in Jack's office, uh, just sort of like, oh, oh, there's the box, and then Jack is behind them uh, and interrupts the narration on the page. Um, if you act quickly enough, maybe you can grab the package and get out of here before. Can I help you? We, we've already noted how the antagonists of homesick exist closer to the narrative surface and are more mm-hmm. meta villains and so i think that's a very um subtle way of doing that where jack speaks in yeah. the the narrator's place um then jack has a conversation with pm and is like oh absolutely i'm not giving you that box Unless, Unless you do a job for me and uh, hands out a hit list uh, and a regisword. A regisword that we've seen that she has. Which we have seen that uh, Peregrine Mendicant has uh, in the present, the future, but not many. The, f- the future present. The future present. I would, if I had to guess, I would probably say it's about 413 years in the future. That seems like a pretty safe guess. Um, and so then we have a very interesting panel wherein Jack looks into the parcel and we get the very good two panel bit that has been repeated so many times of person looking normal and then person looking into the box big eyes so what is it such a good panel what is it it. that has so shocked jack here we may never know we will definitely at some point know Uh, (laughs) we also on this page learned that it is just sort of standard operating procedure to put out a hit list and a regisword for like anyone who comes through the (laughs) office which like honestly casually you know indulge a little regicide He's never given it to someone so invested in getting the mail where it needs to go, though. That's the power of mail, baby. From here, we move into a section I've lovingly titled Dave and Jade Cheat at Spurb, uh, Mm. because while they don't have the grist to deploy all the cool stuff, uh, Jade does have her Pictionary modus, and so she just draws a bunch of it in the Pictionary modus, is able to get the codes for it, is able to have Dave punch cards for those codes, and then they add it to the uh, the shunt uh, expansion block, 
and uh, get all the upgrades for cheap. Hell yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Yep. We we do, once again, get the gaffe of Jade tries to draw something very technically complex, and her modus thinks of it as uh, a giant robot. It's um, like a Gundam. Yeah. In the past, we've talked about how it is a possibility that this is a commentary on how machines don't do pattern recognition as well as humans. But also, it could be a reference to the game Pictionary, where sometimes you don't draw something well and people are like, it's a Gundam. <laughs> valid equally valid honestly yeah they get some cool upgrades dave actually grabs some stuff from his photography lab he grabs the enlarger which allows him to make objects of different sizes for a variable grist cost it looks like a scale of 10 yeah um it's also uh interesting there is a bit of author's commentary here that is quite good um where hussey says Watching the kids figure out ways to hack the game is about as important to the story as watching them figure out how the game itself works in the first place. This is because the story is first about the game and the subversion of that game, and then about the narrative and the subversion of that narrative. And so that's a very interesting way of thinking about Homestuck as a, a text that is interested in subverting itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, just knowing that fucking with games is part of the culture of being a fan of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spurb, speedrun, any percent. Any percent. Watch how fast I can blow up this planet I'm living on. <laughs> Bezos, no. You don't even need the paraglider. If you hit the right frame when uh, deploying the punch design X, uh, you can clip through the world and uh, go straight to your denizen. Which is pretty much what happens next. Yeah, we're going to find out what happens when you meet your denizen too soon, though, but not in this section. Uh, that's actually exactly next section. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited for next section, guys. Yeah. We got some lovely stuff. Fan favorite character next time, too. Uh, anyway, on the topic of next section, Gallo's Calibrator starts helping out John, mainly because she says she wants to mess with him. And, I mean, also because she wants to mess with the timeline. Yeah. Oh, the sacred timeline. Hey, John, want to cheat the game? Uh, yeah, so to begin this help, uh, she draws John a map. <laughs> it, it, it's very interesting. It's something. It, and it's, it's an interesting question of, is this uh, Gal's Calibrator, is this their actual drawing ability? Uh, is this because they're blind? They seem to be able to distinguish color and form pretty well from their screen um Mm -hmm. or is this just gallus calibrator fucking with john any answer could be possible here hussey actually has a note about that in the commentary saying like hey it's entirely possible she just doesn't pay attention to what she's drawing while she draws it uh or she's laying it on thick about the blind list to mess with people because we have seen that she does have i mean she can make out words or or something assuming she's not using text to speech um rose strifes with some imps and an ogre a chalk imp and a marble imp and then later a lime ogre uh rose she rides down a waterfall she stabs her knitting needles into the ogre's eyes and then rides it down the waterfall by her house you know as a knitter yeah that would mm. (laughs) That, that that would probably do the trick. Yeah. 
uh, it seems almost excessive, frankly. So, and there there is an interesting bit uh, because then Rose and Dave have a conversation in which Rose seems rather squeamish about finishing the job with the ogre. And this is a conversation about violence in video games that these characters are having. And it's, I mean, at this point, it would be kind of ridiculous to say that Homesuck is like, has any sort of message about violence being caused by video games or like whatever the usual talking points would be here. Um, But we do see that like, there is some hesitation here that is able to be put aside by the characters because they're operating in the context of a video game. Rose Rose mentions smothering it with a pillow and then I believe says something like, my last pillow is gone. As we see in the panel, she is sitting on the velvet pillow. Uh, I would use one of mine, but they've all mysteriously gone missing. Like you're literally sitting on one, Rose. Hmm. Um, and then Dave and Rose get trolled. They're getting trolled. They're both getting trolled in regards to each other. Yes. Which is interesting. They they both get asked, "Hey, how do I troll your friend?" Good. And they both give answers. <laughs> so, Grim Auxilitrix asks Dave, "How do I troll Rose?" Uh, and Dave talks about human sarcasm, and and tells ga to be an antagonism ninja uh dave also assumes that ga is into rose i very much enjoy how like kind of stiff grim Grim auxilitrix is uh especially because we i don't think it's right away but um eventually they do talk to rose and it's very fun seeing them like compared to each other Mm. as opposed to uh Adios Toreador, who is an absolute mess. And so yeah. it's, it's, I, I hesitate to say foils because we don't know these people yet. Um, but it is very interesting to kind of see what very much feels like a Dave and Rose conversation and mm. another Dave and Rose conversation with two different, like, people who are also not Dave and Rose. But, like, because the vibes are so similar, it still kind of feels like them. And then to have them... Specifically with Dave and Grim Auxilitrix, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 and then to have them go at each other later, it kind of feels a little bit like getting bothered by the... Th- when you see yourself in someone else and that makes you not like them as much, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's it's very kind of that, which is um, fun and done in a very interesting way here. So, <laughs> This is where we get the um, Virgo reveal for Grim Auxilitrix. We also, in, in the Adios Toreador Rose conversation, we have some insight into Dave from Rose, where Rose says, I know that anyone committed to such an affectation that is wearing sunglasses all the time could only be striving to mask a severe insecurity complex and likely harbors a crisis of self-image. Oh, uh, indeed. Which uh, the tentacle therapist, being facetious about her friends. Oh, yeah. She's like, trust me, I'm a professional psychologist. It's like, Rose, you're 13. Rose, you're 13. <laughs> the only person you've given therapy to is your cat who disappeared immediately mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, right. 
And then we have a lovely conversation between Grim Auxilitrix and Rose. I love both of these characters. They are so good. There is so much going on in this conversation, though, that I had to read it like oh, two times is, to figure it out. And it's very hard to explain. So I'm going to let you guys do it. dense ass text. But I um, love them both. Oh, listen, I... I it's one of these things where it's like, I think I kind of understand what's happening here. I'm not totally smart enough to realize exactly what's happening. But basically, it's Rose. The The way that GA has found to torment Rose is incredibly complicated mm-hmm. and impossible to, like, uno reverse at any given moment. I, I The specifics are a little bit lost on me. But essentially, like, she has absolutely found a way to back Rose in a corner that Rose, like, fully acknowledges and is like, damn, well trolled. Like, she like she fully admits, like, there's no way out of this one, lads. The, the easiest way to explain is that G.A. sends Rose a copy of their next conversation, uh, which is titled Conversation with a Very Stupid Girl.txt. Uh and says hey here's the text of our next conversation and rose says okay but what if i just don't say this stuff and ga says well that's fine because i have edited this file in ways that only i know Mm -hmm. and so no matter what you do you're still playing into my hand it's perfect it's it's an incredible incredible temporal fuck you and then they kind of do the same thing again, uh, which is the sequence of their conversations is that Rose's first conversation with this person is her second. Rose's second conversation, that is this one, is her eighth. Rose's third conversation with this character is her fourth, her first, rather, excuse me. Uh, and then GA reveals the rest of those, which is uh, Rose's fourth is GA's third, Rose's fifth is GA's fourth, Rose's sixth is GA's fifth, and Rose's seventh is GA's sixth. Um, Perfectly logical. Yeah, all of this kind of goes back to kind of the same thing as what happens with the, the text file. Uh, and GA even says, I mean, my future self might even go back and have some conversations in there, and so that order would be messed up, but I don't think so. Well, actually, what she says is, but Erg, I don't want to think about that, which Rose then uh, throws her words back at her. Why is it that when the subject of temporal mechanics is broached, you're sparing troll intellect, etc., etc.? Which is... I love them. It is like Rose talking to herself. It's exactly. And it's it's just good. It's very fun. It's very entertaining of like, ah, I've been bested by myself. Touché. <laughs> Uh, Rose suggests uh, GA is into Dave and GA is like okay bye I'm gonna hop to our eighth conversation where our time our perspectives will sync up uh, and then we get the GA face reveal <laughs> first Rose says cool I'm gonna go talk to my dead cat which is <laughs> 10 out of 10 but yeah no we get the face reveal she cute that is a lesbian ass haircut I will say but she cute She's cute Sam, as hell. You want to talk about Virgos? Yeah, what's up? Let's talk about Virgos. Uh, so, Virgos, welcome back to Astrology with Ari. August 23 to September 22, Virgos. Their element is Earth, their polarity is negative, and their quality is mutable. 
Um, so the big thing with Virgos, uh, they are smart, sophisticated, and kind. <laughs> Virgo gets the job done without complaining. Virgos are amazing friends, always there to lend a hand, and also lend advice. Practical Virgos are incredibly adept at big picture thinking, planning out their life, vacations, and what they're doing today makes them feel in control and secure. So Virgos... Um, again, I don't know if this is just a thing that this website doesn't know how else to compliment people, because it keeps talking about, like, oh, they have a rich inner life. I'm, I'm guessing that means a little more, like, introvert versus extrovert. These people tend to be a uh, little, like, internally thinking. Uh, yeah, because their polarity is negative, which means they, they, they have uh, self-focus. Not that they're selfish, they are actually, like, incredibly hard on themselves, um, th this was, this was actually a little, like, sad to read, because at some points it was like, yeah, Virgos have high expectations for themselves, and they hate to disappoint other people, they hate when people disappoint them, everything must be perfect, and I'm like, okay, Virgo needs to calm the fuck down, uh, which, <laughs> I know a couple of Virgos, and some of these are actually incredibly apt, but... Yeah, uh, Virgos expect perfection for themselves. They have very high standards, and sometimes they will project those onto other people. So they hate being let down. Um, Virgo signs uh, never want to disappoint the people in their lives, so they may spread themselves a little too thin and put themselves last. I don't know. Th they didn't call out the other signs this hard. I This website <laughs> is very mean to Virgos. Um, I mean, it does talk about, like, oh, Virgos are inspired by beauty. They they are very good at having, like, a perfect-looking space. Like, they, they have high standards, and that makes things, like, beautiful around them. Like, they're very good at that. Um, they're eager to learn and eager to improve. Um, they're sort of, like, vibes that they can always be better. They can always do better. There's always more to learn. Uh, and I was like, okay. Uh Again, it seems like a weirdly kind of harsh sign. Like, everybody else is like, mm. oh, you you want everybody to be okay. It's like, you are so hard on yourself. And it's like, okay, uh, yeah. fair enough. Uh, yeah. This is also the first troll that has asymmetrical horns that we see. Mm, yes. Um, one is more of a hook and one is kind of straight. Kind of mirroring on the Virgo sign. Uh, and then... Dave doesn't get trolled by Adios Toreador. AT sends Dave a rap, and Dave's the only thing Dave says is the like sixth line in this conversation. He just says, don't care, and then doesn't respond for the rest of it. Uh, presumably, Dave doesn't read this rap. This rap is, I mean, it's not great. It's not good. Again, it's, it's full of uh, gay innuendo. Mm -hmm. um, Weird, long tangents. There is there is the line aimed at the target on your shirt that is red uh, in the website that links. It used to link, I should say, to the Topotaco storefront where you could buy Dave's shirt. That link is now broken, um, but it is still in uh, the Viz Media site. On uh, the, uh, the browser, it launches a little GIF that uh, has Snoop Dogg, the, a digital version of the shirt, and then like a slightly different version of the shirt, and then... I believe it is sweet bro. Mm. Uh, and it, it says above him, in my dream, I am the star. It's me. And he's wearing Dave's shirt. And it's like the record on it is spinning. Mm. 
It's very cool. fun. Uh, and then we get the Adios Toriador reveal, and he gets a giant block of text that says, you just started some sick fires, bro. Yeah. Um, Adios Toriador is uh, the Tauros uh, troll. He's got bull's horns uh, as his horns, and he's got a cool mohawk. Yeah. Also some hella fangs. Like, everybody's had some pointy yeah. teeth, but this boy's got some chomping teeth. All right, Sam. Lightning round. Last one. Here we go. Taurus. April 20 to May 10. Taurus. They are an earth element. Their polarity is negative and their quality is fixed. This one also kind of dunks on the sign a little bit. Um, because uh, the big thing with, like, Tauruses is that they are, like, unflappable. They are, like, stubborn. That's their big, like, problem. Uh, so I'll just read the thing. Smart, ambitious, and trustworthy, Taurus is the anchor of the Zodiac. Amazing friends, colleagues, and partner. It says Taurians, as if this is a place someone lives, but sure. Taurians value honesty above all else and are proud that their personal relationships tend to be drama-free. Bulls get the reputation of being stubborn, but they're not always stuck in their ways. This searching sign is willing to see another point of view only if they truly have a change of heart. Uh, but yeah, so these guys are classically like... They're very determined. They're ready for hard work. They're very passionate. Um, the other thing that it says about them is they're very hardworking, but they're also lazy because they don't always care. Um, like they're 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 passionate about their thing, and they don't always see the reason to work on other things. Mm. And so sometimes they are lazy because they're very focused. Um, they have that negative energy, so they're very like self-focused. The other thing that it said about them is that they're pleasure-seeking it kept talking about them being present in their physical self like they like to run or get mas the examples it gives is like go for a run get massage and then fuck <laughs> taurus is assigned good at sex <laughs> like one of the like one of the five because all of these passages end with like the five perks of dating a taurus or whatever and one of them is good at sex <laughs> taurus is fuck that's like all right weird flex but okay um the other thing about Taurus is they are like they value honesty like very highly they don't they do not like bullshit um they're very detail oriented they want the best sometimes they don't respect authority because authority hasn't earned that respect necessarily so they're you know headstrong kind of stubborn mules but um <laughs> good at sex so there you go. Bull Taurus. Headed, might we say? Oh, indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Hence the bull. From there, uh, we go back to John. He and the bunny from Con Air shoot out of a pipe with some oil. The bunny almost gets washed away. And then he catches it with his ecto glove hand. And we get the command, John reunite with your loving wife and daughter uh and john acts out the ending of 1997's con air with two, uh, with salamanders. two salamanders i love them so con air uh con air is a 1997 action thriller starring nicholas cage john cusick and john malkovich and directed by simon west in it cage plays a paroled former army ranger flying on a plane with other convicts He's going home, but they're all going to Supermax 
when the other convicts hijack the plane, Cage has to stay alive and get them all apprehended. In the end, the plane lands on the Las Vegas airstrip and Cage meets his daughter for the first time. Her name is Casey and he gives her a bunny as John exits out. The film received mixed reviews, but received Oscar nominations for Best Original Song for How Do I Live and uh, Best Sound. It lost to... Any guesses? 1997. 97. Oh, Titanic? Titanic. It yeah. lost. It lost to Titanic. Um, for My Heart Will Go On. Uh, the film did win. I didn't know this was a thing. Did you guys know about the Golden Raspberry Awards? No. No. So they're like the opposite like the, of the Oh, that's Oscars. the Razzies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I I've, didn't I've know that it was called the Golden Raspberry Award. I've always heard it called the Razzies. So yeah. uh, Con Air won the Golden Razzie Award for uh, Worst Reckless Disregard for Human Life and Public Property. <laughs> and it Fuck was yeah. nominated for the Razzie for Worst Original Song, also for How Do I Live. So this, <laughs> this, this song was nominated both for Best Original Be- Best Song and, and worst. worst Original Song. You know what? Listen, um, haters gonna hate. Interestingly, another film that we have already talked about on this podcast previously won a whole bunch of Razzies that year. Uh, the awards for Worst Screenplay, Worst Director, Worst Actor, and Worst Picture all went to any guesses? Is it Left Behind? No, it is Kevin Costner's The Postman. Oh! Left Behind came out in 2014. You're right, you're right. Well, no, the other one, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't too. know when yeah. the Christian one came out. The Nick Cage <laughs> one came out in 2014. We had a whole, whole argument about it. Um, like you think the, the Nick Cage one is Christian? Christian. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the yeah, whole probably. point. Well, there was the, you, you yeah, said it yeah, was Christian made Cinema's by, Golden yeah, Boy. Yeah. Meanwhile. CG sees this and is like, John, what are you doing? You uh, and then they the talk timeline, about bro. movies. CG's like, wait, I... I've seen a movie with John Cusack. Wasn't he in Serendipity? Uh, and John's like, that movie was the worst. Uh, Serendipity is a 2001 rom-com. John Cusack does, in fact, star in it. It didn't get great reviews. Um, the other note I have here is that troll movie names read like BuzzFeed article headlines. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. You are correct. Uh, this the troll movie title we get here is wherein numerous vigilantes confront peril one of them betrays the others but it turns out to be a part of the plan all along several attractive female leads provoke romantic tension four major characters wear unusual hats one holds plot critical secret 47 on-screen explosions one resulting in demise of key adversary six to 20 lines that could be construed as humorous incredible it goes I mean, on, it goes on. they tend into. to be more literal and informative than your titles i love uh, it buzzfeed article or like um isn't that how like the the shoot i'm now i'm forgetting the book series it's not a series of unfortunate events but maybe if you're reading this it's too late i don't remember oh it could be that one uh john asks cg if he has talked to jade yet probably telling cg that he needs to talk to jade next um because he seems to be trolling the humans backwards um, John uses the phrase timey wimer, which is maybe the one good thing Stephen Moffat gave to pop culture. Uh, and it also very much fits Homestuck. Uh, probably it fits the phrase timey wimey fits Homestuck even more than it even fits more Doctor Who. Entirely possible. Wait, or is, is timey wimey in this conversation or is it the one with uh, Gallows Calibrate? Oh, John talks to GC and CG in like such quick context here. Uh, it's in the one with Gallows Calibrator. 
Okay. There's a stable time loop in here where uh, Carcina Geneticist complains about Gallo's Calibrator punching him. And then in the very next conversation, John tells Gallo's Calibrator to punch Boner. And then she does. Ooh. Fuck. <laughs> yeah! Oh. Yay! Boner cage! <laughs> it's so hard, guys. I believe it. Why do I have to say their names that are four syllables instead of just their two syllable names? Because otherwise you get sent to the boner cage. <laughs> to the boner cage with you. Anyways. Gallo's Calibrator uh, talks about the ultimate alchemy. Um, and we get, there's a giant palace here, dudes. Fuck yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. And there's something inside it. It's your denizen's palace. It looks like a whole bunch of pipes go into it. And then go up into the air in some kind of construction. Wow. It won't be important till much later. Yeah. Uh, John goes back to his house. And then we get our little ending bit here where WV and AR have made a crown for uh, the windswept question. And then PM goes out to meet WQ. And then we get a cool flashback to the present where... It's like the same panel layout, but except now PM is in the royal throne room on Prospect. Love a good parallel. The white queen looks rather similar to the black queen. Uh, and PM's like, hey, I'm freaking out. I need, really need to deliver this mail, but then I can't do that unless I kill you. So like, what what should I do here? And the white queen's like, it's no sweat. I'll take care of it. Uh, she abdicates the throne to PM and gives PM the crown and the ring of orbs fourfold. Uh, and then she sends PM to the battlefield where his crown may be retrieved. Or the, the king's crown. The king's crown, yes. Yeah. And then we get a cool like flashback to the future again where it's the royal duty has been accepted and in time fulfilled. Uh, as... The peregrine mendicant is crowned white queen. It's really, it, it's really, this is really nice, like, sequence of both, like, the art on these pages is really nice, as well mm-hmm. as, like, it's just really sweet mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, PM, the exile like, bit flows really well here. Yeah. Also, as a reminder, these are chess pieces. Uh, queens are very powerful in chess. Indeed. Uh, and this, this whole thing can be a nice, like, chess strategy, right? Like, in the face of inevitable conquest, conceding ground can supply the only remaining advantage. The high, final hope for victory lies in patience and planning. The queen is the master tactician here, right? A pawn can become a queen if the piece moves all the way across the chessboard, and it seems like PM's got a pretty long journey ahead of her before we get to see her in the future. So, Hell yeah. I wish her the best. It's pretty cool to be like, hey, wait, it, they did they did a chess thing here. Not that I play chess. Um, also, uh, to note in this this sequence, um, when the throne is abdicated, the um, prototyping changes that have happened to the White Queen uh, are removed. Um, so the yes. the hat, she takes off the ring. Yeah. When yeah, when the ring is taken off and the throne is abdicated, those don't seem to stay with the queen uh they seem connected to the ring the ring that won't be important at all next time we are reading pages 1623 to 1668 
it's a pretty short section, but it's a good one, folks. Woo. Two flash animations, a conversation with Jasper's sprite. And we hit the one year mark of Homestuck. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm so excited. Uh yeah. Love it. Uh socials we've got uh, a twitter you can follow us at serious bus pod we've got a tumblr you can follow us at serious business pod uh you can leave us a review on your podcast app of choice and uh you can follow uh samario on tiktok at ghost in the bathroom go ahead and leave the comment cat boy approved to let us know that you came from the podcast any uh updates on francophiles Oh, with uh, Frankenfiles, uh, if you want to uh, um, follow us on YouTube, if you search the Frankenfiles, uh, our trailer will pop up, and you can follow that social medias at Uncanny Product for uh, more updates as uh, things evolve. So, yeah. I, I should say, uh, if you see the fourth wall, you've gone too far. Dun dun. Well, right. but... I thought we were always seeing the fourth wall. Bum, bum, You're right, bum. you probably are. Bish, you thought. All right, do we want to do a lightning round uh, Zodiac match? Oh, go God, I can try. Uh, pop them in uh, the document so I can see them all. Oh, Get them in front of my uh, eyeballs. We have 12 in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Interesting, interesting. Okay. I am gonna guess. Okay, so twin Armageddon's. That's gotta be Gemini, because you know twins. Um, Arachnid's grip. I'm gonna guess Scorpio, because that's the uh, the fucking. I know it's not technically an Arachnid, but like scorpions. Um, centaur's testicle. I'm okay. I'm gonna guess. Oh god, either cuttlefish or Caligula's aquarium could be Pisces or Aquarius. So I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess Pisces because fish. And then because Aquarius. Uh okay, so what am I left with? Sagittarius. Uh Leo. Sagittarius, Leo, Capricorn, and Aries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Catnip. I'm gonna guess that's Leo, cause cat. Um, I'm gonna guess Apocalypse Arisen is Aries. That feels appropriate. Oh wait, but Centaur. Oh, what's the symbol for Aries again? Ram horns. That's right. Okay. Uh, you have yet. Uh, Capricorn and Sagittarius. Um. Oh God. Sagittarius. So I'm left with Centaur's testicle and terminally capricious. Um. If I knew, uh, hmm, hmm. I don't know enough about either of these signs. Um, I'm going to guess Centaur's testicle is Sagittarius and terminally capricious is Capricorn. I have no reasoning other than it feels right because I don't know enough about those signs to make any guesses. So there you go. We're going to go wow. ahead and uh, save this and uh, come back to it as a... Uh, so so, so quick quick to recap, 
you have arachnids, Griffiths, Scorpio, twin armagons as Gemini, centaur's testicle as Sagittarius, terminally capricious as Capricorn, cuttlefish color as Pisces, Caligula's aquarium as Aquarius, arsenic catnip as Leo, and apocalypse horizon as Aries. Nah. We'll see how bad I fucked up at a later date. Bastion, is it a spoiler to tell them how many they got right? No, I don't no, think it's a I don't spoiler. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. We'll see how it, we'll how see how else, it falls how out with the chips. How do we do it as fall. a reveal? You can tell me the number of how many I got correct, but don't tell me which ones are correct. Okay. Uh, 12. What? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> the real twist. I've been a Homestuck fan all along. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yay! Maybe I'm better at this red stringing shit than I thought. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Listener, hit next.